Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello, podcast listeners. Hi, how are you doing? I feel like it's been forever and it has for me. It's the end of September. Um, but for those of you guys that don't know, I've just been through one hell of a move, crossed multiple time zones, lived in multiple places this month. And I'm just glad to be finally settling back into a routine, a little bit of schedule. I spent the whole week unpacking. My boyfriend and I have just been working day and night organizing this new apartment and it's a smaller space than what we're used to. So it's been just hard to navigate. Okay. What do we keep? What do we get rid of? How do we, how do we make use of this, this new space that we're in and optimize things? So it's been fun. I'm so excited to be here um, in Colorado, but it's been hard. But before I get into that, I do want to share the podcast episode today is going to be all about whether stopping purging is crucial for recovery and, you know, should you stop purging first or should you stop binging first? I got that question on Instagram and I think it's a tactic I hear a lot of people bring up. I think it's a worthwhile tactic to discuss and, you know, what works about it, what doesn't and what you should maybe do or consider for your own recovery. But first, I just wanted to share some life lessons and what's going through my head right now since I haven't talked to you guys in a while and it's the podcast and stuff like that. So I'm going to share some things that are going through my head and um, hopefully it helps you guys where you're at. Um, So if you don't, if you just are joining this podcast and you don't know who I am, you just need help with bulimia recovery and you're like, I don't care about your move or anything that's totally fine. Just skip ahead maybe five minutes or eight minutes or so. And um, there should be the actual content for the episode there. I don't want to bore you with my boring life stories. But for those, those of you guys that are interested, here it goes. So I found that one, taking time away from work this month, because while I was upkeeping, I was trying my best to upkeep with client calls. Some of them just, you know, we decided to take a break for the month because they were traveling to that sort of stuff. It worked out, but it's still going to client calls, but I was very inactive on social media and I did my, you know, regular emails, but sometimes I didn't even send out podcast emails. I was just trying to prioritize myself and our move and stuff like that. And the time away while I missed it and I felt lots of anxiety about not doing it, it was also helpful in giving me perspective. And I think that vacations or traveling or whatever space that you take away from it, that's why they're so needed. That's why people do retreats is that you get time to just get out of that kind of hamster wheel vibe. And that's how it felt. Even though I loved social media and posting on Instagram, it felt a little bit like I got to post every day or otherwise everything's going to fail and people are going to hate me. And I realized that's not actually true. And it helped me to realize that, um, my work-life balance, even though I always tell people, talk to people about balance, I was struggling myself. It felt like every day it was like, wake up, work, do everything you can to make content. And then whatever's left over for yourself, then that's what you get for your personal life. And while I was making time for my relationship, stuff like that, I just feel like it could have been better. And so I've had a lot of time to reflect on what I want to do now that I'm here in Colorado. I'm excited to be back. Um, I think I want to do more growth in my personal life as far as joining more groups. I want to get back into art again. So I've signed up for a few waiting lists for art classes here, which is 
and, and a running group and things like that. I want to meet people. I want to experience more fun things. And I think that that will help me both personally uh, and add more joy to my life. But I also think it would help my business because if I'm just working in my business, doing that sort of stuff, it's great. And I think you should always, there are times in life where you need to concentrate on your work, your career, whatever's important to you. If that can't be your whole life, or at least for me personally, it can't be me, or I become kind of this hollow person in a way. So I'm excited to make that my new goal in Colorado, who I want to be. And I'm still kind of thinking about that. The other lesson that I've had that I did not expect, and I don't know why I didn't expect it because it's very obvious is last time I was in Colorado, I mean, the last year or so I was there, I was not bulimic anymore. I was recovered, but the majority of the time that I spent in Colorado, for those of you guys don't know, I used to live here and then moved to Miami during the pandemic. But from the day I got arrived in Colorado, I was severely struggling with an eating disorder. And especially the place we moved into, it's very close to a lot of my old haunts, a lot of all, all the places that I used to go to binge and purge or cry or, you know, little trigger warning, but like think about think about suicide really i was just so depressed so so severely emotionally struggling is really hard time for me and so i didn't expect that when i came here i was so excited and remembering all the positive things and then i walked into a grocery store that i hadn't been in since i had been bulimic and i felt nauseous walking in there i just was like oh my god i remember all the things it was like the old jacqueline was haunting me it was like i could see the old me just roaming floating through the aisles with this dead look in her eyes and it just it's been really hard like I don't know it's a positive experience but those memories are pretty sour and I've been finding myself thinking okay we just gotta make a new name for ourselves here we gotta we gotta keep building our character here and all that sort of stuff and um, make new memories new positive memories but I've just been been, been trying to accept that that was a part of my history and I think a lot of us in bulimia a lot of times clients talk about making up for lost time and they have this feverish energy to correct the past and make up for the time they have spent in bulimia. But what I find helpful, just like if you lose something, and for those of us that have struggled in bulimia, even if we've grown from that experience, even if we gain something from that experience, I certainly have, it's still a loss of time. And there are many memories in Colorado that could have been a lot better had I been well, had I been not obsessively binging and purging or struggling with this addiction or, um, you know, very depressed and, and anxious all the time. I missed out on a lot of happiness I could have had. And there's no sense in necessarily regretting it or wishing it were different, but it's okay to be sad about that. So it's been a mixed bag of emotions for me. And I'm just trying to remember that while I'm I'm going to create a new routine for myself and I'm excited to explore more, make more time for things like hiking and fun and um, not necessarily let work completely consume me and really make that a goal of mine. I also am trying to acknowledge that part of these memories are painful and may always be, and that's okay. I don't have to wallow in it, but I also have to be kind of an acceptance of it and not try to pretend like that didn't happen. Uh, so if you experience, you know, trauma memories from your eating disorder, maybe instead of trying to force yourself to be happy about it or force yourself to be like, yeah, we're, we're going to learn a lesson from this. If you're not in a place to do that, sometimes I am, and that's good. Use that energy. But if you're not, it's okay to just be sad, to take a moment of silence for that and move forward. And that's what I did in the grocery store. I was like, you know what? We can't break down right now. It's okay. Let's move forward. Um, and then also something else I'm fun I'm doing is, uh, 
trying a new recipe each week, which is something cool. I found this book when I was moving that my friend gave me maybe the first year um, that I moved out to Colorado and I never used any of the recipes because I was too scared. None of them um, really match the diets I was doing and I was really restrictive. So now I'm pulled out that book again. It's a beautiful cookbook and I'm just trying one new recipe a week for fun. So yeah, anyway, so that's me. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Happy updates. Um, let's move on to the episode. Hopefully that was interesting to you guys. Someone asked me on Instagram, I don't remember the specific question, but they said, my therapist said I should just commit to not purging. And that's the first thing that I should do in recovery. And do you agree with this? Is that actually true? That sort of stuff. And so I, my short answer is yes and no. It depends on the situation and the reasons why you binge. So a lot of people say you have to stop purging in order to stop binging. And I say that that is definitely true in a lot of cases. I think it was Renee Sager who was on here and she, when I said, you know, what type of advice would you offer to anyone struggling with bulimia? And she was like, the purging has to stop. That works for a lot of people. And I have a lot of clients with, before they even come and see me, they've committed to stop purging and they're still binging, but they've committed to the purging and that's actually helped them. And I'll get into the reasons why that's actually helpful in a little while. But I first want to speak to the people who that may not necessarily be the case. However, um, I don't want this episode to be an excuse for you to keep purging. And I'm prefacing it with that because I know some people will hear this and they'll think, oh, well, then I don't have to give up purging. I can just keep it and I can stop the binging, but I can keep the restriction and the purging. No, that's not how it works. If you want to fully recover from your eating disorder, you will eventually have to stop the purging compens compensatory. And that's not just with vomiting. That's what I struggle with. And a lot of people struggle with Listen to me, but with exercise, with restriction, that sort of stuff, you do eventually have to give that up. And this is not supposed to be an episode to encourage that behavior or um, let yourself continue that behavior. At, at some point it should end. And I also have an episode totally dedicated to why purging is never worth it. Um, I released it on July 2nd, 2021. And it's called, yeah, it's called why purging is never worth it. So if you are more curious about my opinions on purging and you need help convincing yourself of why purging is not worth it, that podcast episode is really helpful. It doesn't just berate you on the health consequences. It also talks about how it keeps you in the cycle. So if you're struggling with purging, I highly recommend you listen to that episode next. Here's why I don't think it's crucial to necessarily stop purging, to stop the binging. Um, because sometimes, a lot of times people do stop purging and then they still binge and then you need to work on that. I do think when you stop purging, it helps keep you in the site or when you are purging, it will help keep you in the cycle, which is unfortunate. So that's why it can, binging, purging does encourage binging in a lot of ways. Here's why it didn't work for me, that sort of advice. For me, I usually only purged if I binged. I did occasionally purge after meals if I had the opportunity. And this is this unusually sort of situation unraveled into binging anyway. But for me, binging was always the primary issue and purging felt like a compensation for the issue at hand, which was binging. Of course, in hindsight, purging was absolutely perpetuating the cycle further and it was its own problem. And purging didn't help my binging issue, obviously, which we'll get into later. But for the most part, if I didn't binge, I didn't purge. It was easier for me then to address the primary triggers of binging than it was to address the purging. If I could address the binging, then I could easily wipe out most of the purging in my case. Also, for whatever reason, I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. 
binging felt easier for me than stopping purging. And this is because I didn't want to cope with the idea of the potential weight gain if I didn't purge after binging. For me at the time, um, I wasn't willing to give up purging, but I was willing to try to give up binging. I was willing to try to resolve that issue, but I wasn't willing to give up purging. And that's where I think that advice of stop purging to give up binging doesn't necessarily help people if they're not willing to do it. Eventually you do need to be willing to do it, but if you're really not ready for it at the time, I certainly was not. And I also didn't understand how purging was keeping me in that cycle. It was much easier for me to understand how to, to try to address binging. And also a lot of people say like, when you have binged, I've heard that I think Kevin Bersiaga, he was on my podcast a while ago. He talked about how he also felt that the binging felt easier to stop than the purging. Once you had already binged, it felt very, very difficult to stop purging. And again, in hindsight, you absolutely can stop purging after a binge that is totally possible and recommended. But for both of us, we both found that like the idea of not purging after a binge was too much to fathom, but the idea of not binging was much easier to digest. So that's all the reasons why I think that it really uh, didn't help me to think of not purging. However, committing to not purging had to be a necessity for me after I stopped binging, which is kind of backwards because a lot of people say stop purging and then you'll stop binging. But for me, what happened was I stopped the binging eventually, and then purging became more of an issue for me. I never purged after I binged for the last time. However, more urges to purge came up for me after I stopped binging. So the thing that remains to stay is actually the urge to purge. I rarely ever get binge urges anymore, but I will experience an urge to purge maybe monthly, give or take some months. It depends when I'm uncomfortably full or I feel nauseous from food or I'm stressed times when I know that I feel like purging would technically help me, even though it would make things worse. Early on after I stopped binging, urges they to purge became more frequent and probably due to allowing more food in my diet and my uh, body wanting to regulate or wanting to compensate. It was this uncomfortable thing and my mind kept going to, well, just purge, just, just purge. We've got the binging down, down, just purge. And so making that commitment was actually very necessary, necessary for me later on in my journey, which is kind of interesting. It's backwards. So I still had to, to deal with that commitment at some point, even if I didn't deal with it in, in the beginning. And also, while some people, when they stop purging, a lot of my clients that come to me who do the opposite of me, they've stopped purging, they've committed to that, then they also need to figure out why they're still binging. Because a lot of people, once they stop purging, they still binge. And sometimes binging is as simple as you're not eating enough food and you actually need to just up your calories. I've had some clients like that where we literally just made them eat more food throughout the day and their binging stopped. But for the people that have stopped purging, they're eating enough food and they're still binging, that means there's some sort of habitual thing going on there. There's some sort of coping mechanisms going on there. There's something still driving them. And that's when it's important to put the purging thing aside. You've already you've got that down. And now you need to address the actual um, circumstances and behaviors and triggers that are causing the binging. And that's when behavioral change is a real necessity and maybe medication and intervention, depending on what's going on. Here though, I will say what is helpful about stopping purging, why I think that if, you, if you're one of those people where you can't commit to not binging, but you can commit to not purging, or that sounds more plausible to you, here's why not purging first helps, even if you're still binging. 
One is it builds confidence. I see in a lot of clients that have already stopped purging, they've committed to that. They start to see that, hey, I have control over something. Hey, I was able to do something that was really hard for me, even though they still have the urges to purge. It's still very uncomfortable. It's still something that they want to do. And yet they're they're able to hold it true. They're able to um, see themselves do that over and over and over again. And even though they're still binging, they're able to see that there's something they're competent at that they used to do all the time. And so maybe what else can they do? So it builds confidence and belief in themselves. The second thing is that it helps them deal with the consequences of binging and overeating. This is an interesting thing that I talk about in that episode, why purging is never worth it. But the problem, my big issue with purging outside of its health consequences is that it, it kind of eliminates the repercussions of binging or overeating temporarily. It comes with its own host of severe repercussions that are, in my opinion, and many others, a lot worse than being overly full and weight gain and whatever else goes through, you know, digestive issues when you binge and lethargy. Um, but feeling those consequences are actually very important. Uh, we're human beings and we tend to work really well with rewards and consequences and immediate rewards, immediate um, consequences to doing things. When there are immediate consequences to doing things, you're a lot less likely to you're a lot less likely to do them because it's going to be this immediate repercussion instead of this long off repercussion when you're 80 years old. And it's a problem with purging is that it feel it won't necessarily hurt you right away, but over time it really does build up. It's not very good for you. Of course, any type of purging purposely is dangerous, not good, but it will over time become more and more so of a health issue. But when you binge and then you immediately kind of relieve that feeling of feeling overly full, nauseous, whatever, and you've kind of removed the potential, possibly depending on the, how effective the purging was, of weight gain, you're not experiencing those consequences and therefore there's less of an incentive to, to um, stop the binging because you can kind of have that shortcut, even though it's not actually a shortcut. And I talk about this much more clearly in the other episode, but when you don't have that purging, it does decentifies you. Is that a word? It does... Um, remove the incentive to binge. And a lot of times what happens and what would happen with me is the times where I would overeat and then consider that I was going to purge. Then I would be like, well, we might as well binge because we're going to purge. So purging, it becomes that thing that keeps you perpetual, perpetually in the cycle because it doesn't have the consequences attached to binging. And when you feel that consequence, for me in my intuitive eating journey, what was really helpful for me was sitting with the fact that I overeaten and really recognizing that, hey, I don't like this feeling. Because I always thought, I wish I could just eat whatever I wanted as much as, as much as what I wanted. And when I had to sit with the feelings of eating, however much I thought that I wanted in quotation marks, I actually realized this is very unpleasant. And while it tasted good, I don't want to feel this way all the time. And having that consequence of feeling overly full discouraged me from doing it again. And I got better and better with that. And so when people aren't purging, it really helps them not want to go full blown. And a lot of people say that when you stop purging, it really reduces the severity of the binges. And I think that usually holds true for most people, not always, but it does seem to work. And that's why a lot of people recommend that method as well. And um, then I already kind of said this, went over this, but obviously it avoids perpetuating the cycle of binging. And then it avoids creating other health problems or furthering health problems. Because as we all know, purging is not good for you um, in many, many ways. And I talk about that in another episode as well, but it's obviously damaging. So those are all the reasons why it's helpful and it can be helpful. The 
short answer to all of this is stopping purging is a must eventually for any recovery process I'd offer, but it like, it depends on your situation and the motivation in which you binge, why you binge and what your cycle is like. If you're someone that constantly purges, no matter what, I would invite you to focus on purging first. If you're someone who only purges after they binge or feel like they've kind of overeaten a little bit that leads to a binge, then I'd say focusing on the binging is probably something that is more important for you, but it depends. I invite you to think about this. What are you willing to do differently now? If addressing the binging seems more doable, then do that. If you feel powerless to not binge, but purging is something that you can commit to, and you know you have the power to do, start there. It's all a personal thing. Some we have to start with some sort of choice and it's your choice to make what you want to start with. And you can always flip flop and try to decide what works best for you. So that's what I'd say about that. Hopefully this podcast episode was informative for you and helpful. If you enjoyed it, please go ahead and give it a rating and review. And if you need further help, if you are like, I love your content and I'm really, really struggling. Um, my Bulimia Recovery Breakup Program, my group coaching program is an amazing resource for people. It's very affordable and you get weekly group coaching and support as long along with video guides on how not to binge and purge, how to intuitively eat, even if you struggle with binge eating, how to trust yourself again. So really amazing resources there. Also, I got a question. I keep getting questions. I recently updated my website and a lot of my links. So if you go to some of my old podcast episodes, the links are probably outdated. But if you want free resources and information, you can just go to bingebreakers.com. That's where you can find all the info I offer publicly right now. So you can go there. All right. It's a long episode. Maybe not, but I feel like I've been talking a while. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a lovely weekend wherever you are. Um, thank you for being a part of this community and being patient with me on my move. And I'll talk to you guys later. Later. Never give up on yourself, my friend. Bye.